Let's talk about life. Let's talk about life. What is it all about? Any thinking person has wrestled with the question. Perhaps one of the best thinkers of all time, Solomon, surely did. In a very systematic way, he reflected on the question of life, its purpose. He was searching for it. He didn't find it under the sun, as he termed it. It was a term, a kind of a poetic expression by which he meant, in life, excluding God, it's very hard to find meaning and purpose. God is above the sun, so when he spoke of life under the sun, he meant, God, he meant life with God not in the equation. Please make sure you understand that. If God is in the equation of your life, what we've been speaking of does not any longer apply to you. Therefore, you should not be depressed or discouraged by what I'm sharing. You ought to be grateful that what once was true no longer is because you have found life in Christ Jesus. But we go over these somewhat discouraging messages uh, to remind those of us who've been rescued from the futility of life uh, from whence we have come, so that we are never tempted to go back there. And then also for some who perhaps are visiting with us to investigate the claims of Christ, we do want you to know where you are. We do want to give you a chance to reflect on your life, what it's like. And so to do that, we're trying to help you to see that probably you can identify with Solomon's. He called it a striving after wind. He was chasing wind in his quest to squeeze some meaning out of life, de-godded life without the giver of life, left him empty. And uh, he called it futility of futilities. He, he tried everything. You could hardly think of something he left out. He tried all manner of quests for purpose in life, and they all fell short. But to his credit, he didn't yet stop. And so after a, 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 an unbridled, mad pursuit of pleasure and recreation and... Uh, Fun. Uh, he let his passions run wild. After it all, he fell once again flat on his face and uh, exclaimed rather sadly, vanity of vanities or futility of futilities. It's all, it's all empty. It's all so meaningless. And so now he's going to explore another option. And this is one perhaps you have at one time explored in a quest for satisfaction and gratification. Maybe you're immersed in this particular quest even as we speak tonight. And what it was, was the pursuit of something greater than himself, a cause, something to justify his existence, something to validate his life. You see, if you can make a deposit in something that will improve the world, then I suppose you can justify your being in the world. And so he searched for something that he can invest in, that he could give himself to. I suppose everyone is on a quest for something worth living for, for something worth dying for, and 
That's what Solomon was passionately searching for. And in his own words, this is what he said. I enlarged my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself. And I planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made ponds of water for myself from which to irrigate a forest of growing trees. Pleasure left him empty, and so he decided to invest in projects in a quest for inner peace. And here was a list of the projects he gave himself to. If he could just make the world a better place, and surely these particular beautification projects would have been pleasing to the eye of any onlooker. So this would have been a good thing for him to offer, a good contribution for him. It would have been an improvement for him to make in life. And others would have benefited from it. But I don't want to show disrespect to Solomon, but at this point I don't think he was trying to improve the lot in life of others. I don't think he was trying really with purity of motive to give something back. I think he was looking for something that would fill the void in his own life. He was looking for self-gratification. Hence, did you notice the repeated phrase in that verse? For myself? Repeated four times. So too, like many of us today, there may be some altruistic crusade, some save the earth, some be kind to animals, some treat senior citizens with respect, some don't eat meat, some I don't know what, some cause to change the world, to save the day. Maybe that we're investing ourselves in. And it looks like it's with purity of motive. But I have to tell you, underneath, for those who've not found the real purpose of life, it really is a mad, rather self-centered quest uh, for personal peace, for self-gratification, for self-satisfaction. And so that's what he's doing. And so it says he made parks and gardens. And do you know... Ecclesiastes that I'm borrowing from is in the Old Testament. So the language of the Old Testament is what? No, 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 no. Uh, It's it's Hebrew. Language of the Old Testament is Hebrew. And the language of the New Testament would be Greek. There you go. However, did you know a very early translation of the Old Testament was done in Greek? Greek. So the translators took it from Hebrew to Greek. It's called the Septuagint. It means 70. It was done by 70 plus translators. Now I'm belaboring this point just to tell you this. When they translated Ecclesiastes from Hebrew to Greek, the word parks, you know, when it says, Solomon says, I I made gardens, I made parks. The word parks in the Greek is the same word for paradise. So here's what Solomon was trying to do. Think about it. He was trying to create paradise on earth. Paradise was lost. Read Genesis 3. He's trying to recreate paradise without any recourse to God. 
So the cause looks okay, beautification projects, earth improvement projects, but really it's a self-centered, human-centered attempt to regain the experience of paradise while all along leaving God out of the mix. Folks, can you buy this? There can be no paradise if God ain't there. So that's what he's trying to do. Don't you see? It wasn't just a construction project. It's not just an environmental cause. It isn't just something bigger than myself to justify my existence. It's this usurping of God's position to create, sustain, and make the world a good place in which to live. It's usurping all that by saying, I don't need you. Under the sun, in this circle of life, we can create paradise without you. So that's what Solomon was giving himself to. And by the way, he was good at it. He was the top dog with respect to personal accomplishments and achievements. He was on the top of the heap with regard to building projects. He was the best there was and perhaps even is with regard to improving the environment. I mean, look, he made gardens, he planted trees. And after all of this, what did he conclude? After all of his earth improvement projects, what conclusion did he come to? Well, he said, thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labor which I had exerted, and behold, all was vanity, all was futility, and striving after wind, and there was no prophet under the sun. The one who was best at finding a cause greater than himself. The one who had more resources than anyone and more wisdom to make improvements on the earth without God being part of the formula. The one who made perhaps the best effort ever made to give us a chance at paradise regained, concluding, concluded after all was said and done, when he considered it, when he looked at the facts of his own endeavors, he concluded, I failed. It failed. It's like chasing wind, this quest to have paradise under the sun without recourse to the God who dwells above the sun is an exercise in futility. If you are a Christian, look, I'm told I'm depressing some of you, but you're misinterpreting this whole thing. If you are a Christian, you ought to be jumping up and down because this is history for you. It isn't your present. If you think this is your present, you better come talk to me. Something's wrong. You're locked into under-the-sun realities. You don't know that there's much, much more and that there is a God who pierced our space-time dimension, who entered our under-the-sun reality and fleshed in the form of Jesus Christ to rescue us from it. I got to tell you, I don't find it depressing at all. I say, thank you, God, 
for making me new in Christ. Thank you for saving me from futility. Thank you for defining my purpose and my reason for being here. Thank you for defining my future. I know where I'm going. Thank you for showing me that my worth and value is not a function of my personal accomplishments. It's a function of the fact that you redeemed me with a prize. So I'm a little hard-pressed to see why some of you who call yourselves Christians find this discouraging. No, I'm not, I, I'm not this, I'm mad. How could you find the book of Ecclesiastes discouraging? Oh my goodness, all right. I would love the ministry if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> all right. I'm just joking. But I mean it. Okay, okay, okay. Don't you see? We're not under the sun. Oh, my goodness. Don't you see? Don't you see? All right, all right. So, so Solomon looked at it all, and he was quite uh, struck by the fact that his best efforts once again had fallen short and left him uh, more empty than ever before. His attempt at making sense out of life by pursuing um, causes uh, beyond himself really failed, and he was so disappointed. And, and the point of, of, of us going through this, the point of God preserving it as a biblical, part of the biblical record for us is to show us history repeats itself, right? I mean, what Solomon did, it wasn't done. People are continuing to try Solomon's uh, options even today. And so there are all kinds of people today who are still looking for something, some project, some cause to invest in, uh, to validate their particular existence. And so you have lots of people just like Solomon on a quest to fill the void uh, without letting that God-shaped vacuum be filled up by God alone. And it isn't so much that the projects, the social causes, the earth improvement projects people give themselves to today, it isn't so much that they're wrong. Where we go wrong is this. Where we go wrong is to seek ultimate meaning in a cause rather than in the God who caused us. Uh, you guys got to get the right slide on if you don't mind. Where we go, there you go, where we go wrong is to seek ultimate meaning in a cause rather than in the God who caused us. Can you see the difference? So it is an exercise in futility, folks, to look for a sense of purpose, well, in all the wrong places, as are sadly so many people today. One such cause uh, is to uh, conjure up in us a healthier respect for and better stewardship of the environment. And I think in many respects that is a very, very good thing, a very good campaign. It seems to me we Christians perhaps ought to be at the forefront uh, of good stewardship of the earth's resources because we know they're given as gifts from God, not to... Uh, abuse, but to make use of for his glory. So if anyone should be environmentally conscious, it surely ought to be us. However, obsession with care for the environment is like chasing wind 
if the creator of the environment is left out. You see, you see what's happening? So here, let me put it this way. If Mother Earth is worshipped while Father God is ignored, well, there obviously cannot be any sense of ultimate satisfaction in life. If we personify the earth and call it, which is inanimate matter, if we assign to it the phrase Mother Earth as a horrific substitute for the reality of Father God, we are chasing after wind. There is no way we can find meaning in saving the environment and respecting Mother Earth when we do not revere Father God. So it isn't so much that the cause is illegitimate, but the motive behind it is illegitimate. It's an exercise in futility. And so the mad quest, everyone's on the go green bandwagon. The mad quest to save the environment is surely valid in some respects, but it becomes an exercise in futility if it's a means of validating one's own existence. And so I see the most empty, unhappy uh, people in the world who are on the bandwagon of radical environmentalism. It's just unbelievable. To, it's a quest to fill the hole just as Solomon did. So today you see, as in Solomon's day, wealthy people and famous people and successful people just like Solomon investing as well in all kinds of projects and causes. And, well, it's the same kind of thing which he, Solomon, experienced. The quest for something larger than ourselves to justify our being something to live for. And I want to give you, um, oh, just a quick list of some of the uh, causes some people, famous, wealthy people of notoriety have given themselves to successful people on the outside, but on a mad quest for something bigger uh, than themselves. And so uh, Ellen DeGeneres, you know Ellen DeGeneres? And she's, she's an unbelievable talent, a comedian and a, uh, quite an effective talk show host, quite a gifted lady. You know, I'm not saying anything out of turn. You know, she's had a number of fairly well-publicized same-gender uh, relationships and is, is now, um, I believe, wedded to her present uh, same-gender partner. And the cause, both she, Ellen DeGeneres, and her partner are now invested uh, in, um, has to do with rallying support for something called Proposition 2 in California. And Proposition 2 has to do with the humane treatment of farm animals. It's a good thing. It just seems... I, Ellen DeGeneres, she's, you know, she's, she's from up north. She's, she's kind of a spoiled kid. She's, she's... Farm animals? Humane treatment of cows? This is... I mean, don't you see? It's just, it's kind of... 
No matter what you have of what the world under the sun has to offer, apparently it insufficiently satisfies. So you got to look for something like Proposition 2 in California so that we treat farm animals better? I, I, see, it isn't so much maybe that that's, that's an illegitimate cause, all right? If that's what turns you on, you know, okay. Let's make the farm a safer place for farm animals. Okay. But here's the inconsistency. How could you live an anti-God life and expect to find a cause from which you can derive a sense of meaning in life? How could you be at odds with the giver of life and expect to have a sense of meaning in life? You see what, can you see, Solomon tried and failed. I, I think sadly this lady who we must pray for is going to miserably end up failing as well. Uh, there's an actress and singer, perhaps you're familiar with her. Her name is Scarlett Johansson. Beautiful and talented. She too has had a, set, a steady stream of sexual uh, relationships and uh, encounters with men, which she is quite proud of, about. She tells you about these things. She has no shame, it seems like. In fact, she has, in a recent interview, questioned the very value and legitimacy of monogamy. You know, one man plus one woman becoming one irreversibly bound unit. She says it's archaic, monogamy, it just doesn't work. Instead, instead she says, a better idea is for people who are just experiencing, as they should, um, a multitude of relation, sexual encounters. She said the better thing is just for them to get tested for AIDS twice a year which she says she does. She actually says she believes that's the moral and responsible thing to do. Simply get tested for AIDS, uh, whether you see if you have HIV twice a year. Look, I'm not, I don't, I'm not down on this person, but for God's grace, I'm still stuck in futility under the sun, don't you see? So I, we can't, I'm not preaching down at anyone. I'm just saying, ah, oh, I wish they knew of Solomon's experience. He did what they're trying to do better and called it futility. I wish they could be saved from this chasing wind and be rescued from the throes of life under the sun, come to meet the Savior. I wish they'd stop trying to save the earth and let the Savior save them. So anyway, um, Scarlet belongs to an organization. It's really a good one. It's Oxfam and its cause. She's a global ambassador for Oxfam, and they seek to find global solutions to poverty and injustice. Again, a very good project. But if she selected it as um, unconsciously, as a means to fill the void in her life, to justify her existence, to give her a sense of purpose, which she's not finding from her Hollywood lifestyle, well, it won't work, you see, and I'll tell you why. You cannot be at odds with the giver of life and find meaning in life. That's, that's all. It's futility. There's another actress, also gorgeous gal, uh, just so talented, named Natalie Portman. Perhaps you know of her. She too has had a series of male partners. I just, I don't just, I don't get it. 
And she campaigns, her campaign, her cause beyond herself is for women's rights in developing nations. It's a good thing. And also she's a very strong advocate for animal rights. So uh, she doesn't eat any uh, animal products. She wears no fur, no feathers, no leather. Recently, uh, she answered uh, what she thought about eternity, her thoughts about eternity, about an afterlife. She said, I don't believe in that. I believe this is it. This is all there is. Yeah, but she doesn't wear leather. As if that's the deal. She won't bite into a hamburger, but denies the um, reality of eternity. Look, I have to tell you, her quests, even if there's validity to them, will leave her empty. Uh, Having found despair, just as Solomon did, if she's seeking to squeeze out of life under the sun a, a smidgen even of meaning while leaving the giver of life out of the equation. You can relate, can't you? What was your life like before the Lord Jesus Christ? I know what mine was, similar. Trying this, trying that, going here, going there. This mad quest for something to justify being here. And then you find out there is a being who put you here. And that being will rescue you from the throes of an entrapment uh, in a dismal life under the sun. So, um, these poor people, you know Elton John? Oh, you talk about a, a gifted artist, British-born singer, uh, songwriter, uh, pianist, par excellence. I mean, heavens to Betsy, I... I, 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 I haven't heard such a balladeer with such talent over so many years. And you know uh, about his publicly um, displayed involvement, uh, both in bisexuality and then more uh, prominently homosexuality. And, uh, in addition, he's had a long-term uh, relationship with drugs. Uh, He's battled throughout his career addictions to alcohol and to cocaine. And in spite of his astounding wage-earning capacity, you know, millions at the drop of a hat, in spite of it all, uh, he's had uh, very significant financial difficulties throughout his career as a result of compulsive overspending. The poor guy is not free. He thinks he is. He thinks he's freely making these choices, but it's not true. His passions regulate his behavior. He's lost control over them. He can't stop his spending. He can't stop his eating. He can't stop his sexual sexual experiences. He can't stop his addiction to artificial substance. We don't criticize. We ache. We say, but for the grace of God, I've been there. I know what it's like. I can't look down on anyone. Oh, we just want people to look up, don't we? Above the sun and see the creator of the sun. He can free us from mastery to our own quest for meaning. 
And we could become bondservants of a benevolent master who will give us life abundant and free. So in spite of all of these terrible uh, transgressions, uh, his cause is the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which is a, a charity he established to fund programs for HIV AIDS prevention and for the elimination of prejudice and discrimination against those who presently have the AIDS virus. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's so inconsistent. You can't, you can't seek to fool yourself into thinking you've found it and you're, you are good when in fact you reject a good God, even if you have a good cause. And so once he was asked questions about religious things, he said, direct quote, Elton John, from my point of view, I would ban religion completely. Organized religion doesn't seem to work. It turns people into really hateful lemmings. And it's not really compassionate at all. Look, you cannot find meaning in life in spite of all of the causes you may choose to invest in if you are, in fact, at odds with the giver of life. It's just a principle of the universe. There are no exceptions to that particular rule. It's an exercise in futility. You know of Angelina Jolie, don't you? She's gorgeous. No? She's gifted. Heavens, what an actor. Are you kidding? She's invested in manifold humanitarian causes around the world. Most, really good. We wouldn't object to a one, most. She's been in and out of I don't know how many marriages. I don't think she can remember how many. Forget about marriages. An innumerable number of um, publicly displayed uh, sexual relationships and encounters and so on. One time uh, she was marrying one of her husbands and she showed up at the wedding ceremony wearing um, a pair of black rubber pants and she had a white shirt on which she wrote the name of the guy she was going to marry in her own blood. Does the word sick apply here? Come on. Come on. It's just a de-sanctification of the sanctity of marriage. It's just a it's just rendering unholy and profane that which is holy matrimony. I mean, ah. She said in an interview one time uh, that she actually is bisexual and has long acknowledged that she had a uh, uh, fairly public sexual relationship with her one-time movie co-star, another actress named Jenny Shimizu. And uh, so Angelina Jolie said, I would probably have married Jenny if I hadn't married my husband. I fell in love with her the first second I saw her. Look, I'm not knocking, I'm not putting down. I'm not better than she or anybody else. I'm just saying, 
can you see how difficult it is to harmonize an investment in earth improvement causes, though they may have some virtue and merit in and of themselves. Can you see how hard it is to harmonize that with a rejection of a good God? And the person still thinks, if, if I leave God out of the formula, I can still work my plan so that I have everything which comes from a relationship with him without having to have a relationship with him. You see what's going on? Solomon will later conclude, <laughs> you know what's good, he'll say? Life is good. Eating, working, enjoying life is good. But he said, ah, you can't get it through human effort. He says, this too comes as a byproduct of one's right relationship with God. He said, these are gifts from God not to be acquired through the pursuit of pleasure or causes or projects. No, but by humbling oneself before the creator of life and saying, Oh God, I want to know you. And I'm willing to receive joy in life as a gift which comes from you above the sun, under the sun, through the sun, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't, I don't have a polemic against these people. I am these people, apart from rescue in the Lord Jesus. So are you. You know why it's important for us to go over this? It's possible for us to take our life in Christ for granted. Let's face it. Well, that's why he gave us the Lord's Supper, so we don't forget him. Do this, and while you do it, remember me. How could you forget the one who saved you? I do, you do. We live our lives sometimes so carelessly, forgetful of who he is. So I love this excursion under the skin of Solomon, under the sun to remember, oh God, you saved us from futility. Now we're living proof to a watching world of the existence of a loving God who's willing to enter into relationship with those of us who otherwise would be entrapped into dismal life under the sun. Supermodel Kate Moss. Every guy here knows who she is. Supermodel. A little while ago she was caught um, snorting cocaine um, that's like Hollywood vegetables, I guess. Everyone snorts cocaine in Hollywood. And um, she's had trouble. Tremendous success, you know, cameras all the time, all kinds of suitors, lots of money. She has to make recourse to cocaine. All right. Well, she's trying to justify her existence, just like all the um, Solomon-like, wealthy, successful People who have success on the outside, but no peace on the inside. And so she gave herself to a charity cause. It was to raise money for Palestinian refugee children. It's a good cause. And here's her offer. She said, I offer to the highest bidder, uh, for the person who's the, the largest contributor to this charity, I offer a one-minute kiss. Yeah. So a British guy, a wealthy businessman, won. He offered six figures uh, to the charity in order to get the one-minute kiss with Kate Moss. 
But his wife wasn't too happy with the deal. So what's he going to do? He offers it to the girlfriend of actor Yu Ross. Is it Yu Ross or what's this guy? No, excuse me, you, you, you knew that Barb. You see, Barb knows this. She doesn't know where I, this verse of scripture is we've been talking about, but she knows it's Yu Grant. It's okay. All right, fine. We all have our priorities. So... Hugh Grant, you know him. He's a talented actor. Remember, he got years ago with some encounter with some streetwalker in a car. I mean, how does this wealthy British, extremely uh, talented actor fall to that level of degradation? I got to tell you, the, when you don't have peace on the inside, you do all manner of things. Many of you have. I have. We probably couldn't stand, stay in each other's presence if we knew the truth about us. Let's just keep it like this. <laughs> so anyway, the British guy uh, offers the kiss to Hugh Grant's girlfriend, and they say, yeah, that's fine. So in front of a huge crowd of uh, titillated, uh, entertained um, perverts... Um, <laughs> The supermodel and uh, Hugh Grant's girlfriend get locked into this passionate one-minute-long kiss for the cause of charity. Is it? Am I being a prude here? Am I? Is there something? Am I missing? Can I say, God, get out of my face? I'm looking for the abundant life. Do you? I can. Am I? Don't you see? How can you have any life apart from the giver of life, let alone an abundant life? Forget about eternal life. Not possible. Thanks for your contribution. All right. So it's inconsistent. Tory Spelling is involved in animal rescue. Brad Pitt is building an eco-friendly apartment building. Pamela Anderson did a European tour to raise money for animal rights and AIDS. And Barbara Streisand, one of my peeps, is uh, going on tour after like years of not doing much. Uh, she's coming out after 12 years of hibernation in order to do a tour so as to combat what she calls dangerous climate change. How dangerous is it? Put on a sweater. What's so dangerous? Put it on, take it off, everything's cool. This is what Barbara Streisand thinks is like the big threat to our existence? Climate? Are you kidding me? It's the storm within that will lead to our demise unless we enter into the relationship we're invited to enter into with the one who can calm the storm. Don't you see? All right, what are you going to do? Look, folks, no cause apart from the God who caused us can satisfy. Have you found that to be true? 
I have. Solomon did. No cause can fill the void, can give peace, can validate one's existence, can be a substitute for a right relationship with the God who caused us and who dwells above it all, above the sun. So I had nothing to do. So I decided to, uh, in the course of preparing for tonight, do a little uh, internet search on the subject. And you can find everything you want. So I found this really, really interesting site, which has a list of all manner of social improvement causes that you could give yourself to if you got nothing to do. I mean, you're looking for something to justify your existence. I mean, this site just lays, runs the gamut of all kinds of things you can do. And then it has articles that you can read to see if that particular cause grabs you. And so here are are some of the titles. Uh, Here's one. Three reasons to stop using dryers. So that's something if you... You know, you can't face yourself in the morning, can't look yourself in the mirror, feel worthless and without value, feel like you're just taking in air and not offering anything to the rest of those around you. Maybe this is for you, a campaign against dryers? Here's one. A plan to rid the world of polluting power plants. Oh, this is a good one. Abolish toll booths. Come on, abolish toll booths. Let's do it. I'll be, we'll get a president, we'll get shirts and everything, we'll have signs. Here's one. Global warming is ruining the earth. No, it's not. The person who wrote the article is polluting the earth with sin, defilement, and corruption. And I am too! It has nothing to do with the air I breathe in and breathe out. It has to do with internal pollution. You can't go green. You have to go red, red, scarlet. The cover of Jesus' blood is what cleans up internal pollution. But all right, here you go. If you don't want to do that, you got some stuff. Here's one. Cheap and easy energy. Here's another one. This is a good one. Curing diseases in order of importance. Don't you see some of these are really, really good things? Curing disease. Sure it is. That's, let's do that. Disposing of nuclear waste. Where? I suggest clute. That'll solve the mosquito problem down there. His, his, how to make car bumpers safer. How to, how to more cheaply cool a refrigerator. How to survive the next ice age. Come on. Come on. You know, I'm kind of a little more concerned about how I'm going to survive my trip down to Baybrook Mall later this week. On 45, you know what I'm talking about? Ice age. How about this one? Plant trees on public land. Recycle aluminum foil. Solutions for saving the planet. Savior, get out of my face. Don't bother me. Cross. Offensive. 
bring down the value of my property. Come on. Don't talk to me about a God who came to save my soul. I'm going to save the earth. You can't even save yourself from dandruff. What do you... Here's one. Stop killing Christmas trees. Folks, don't let me ruin it for you, but trees don't have feelings. They just... Here's one. Stop watering your lawn. Yeah. I mean, on and on. Can you see how desperate? You know where the desperation for meaning comes from? God himself. Solomon earlier on said, you, you implanted this in me. You made me so that I'm not content. You made me so that I'm on a quest for contentment. And Solomon's right. You know why God did that? So that we would find our point of rest in him. I mean, even a ship that's moving, albeit in the wrong direction, is a ship that's moving. I mean, if you're satisfied with your empty, meaningless life the way it is, you're not even going to look for anything. But the search can lead you to the foot of the cross. So look, man's attempts at improving the world are not entirely misdirected. However, man's attempts at fixing the world without first fixing one's broken relationship with God are an exercise in futility. The pursuit of pleasure did not satisfy Solomon and neither did his pursuit of projects and causes. His life was characterized by intense fleshly indulgence and by great achievements and yet no real meaning. He had pleasure. He gave himself to projects, but he had no peace. It is not possible to have peace within if one is not at peace with God. You know it from prior experience, but some maybe are experiencing it in the present. You can't have peace apart from first having peace with God. And you can't even have peace with God if he isn't a God who made for peace with sinful man. So he sent the peace offering. You want to talk about an overwhelming truth. The peace offering was his own son. Yeah, I know, I don't want to take that for granted. No. No, no, no. He gave his own son to make peace with an enemy, the likes of me, an adversary, the likes of me, a guy who's done everything he could to make a go at life without even any recourse to the giver of life. And that God said, in spite of you. Here's a peace offering. 
my son so that you could be my son? So that you could be my daughter? See, I, I don't know, but this is not discouraging to me. Maybe it is for you. I'm sorry. I have to remember from whence he has brought me so that I can appreciate what he has done for me and where I am. Every once in a while I cry out, Oh God, why don't you take away these memories? I don't hear him audibly, but it's just as real. I can hear him say, Because you would forget what life without me was like. And you would try to regain control of your own life again. I've got to remind you of the futility of it all. So I'm sorry that this isn't something we can do a lot of jumping jacks about. But do you realize how intensely, extremely, dramatically serious this is? Do you realize how most of the world is locked into this horrible, inescapable, endless, repetitive, dismal cycle of life under the sun? They can't get out and no help can come in because they're in a closed system. And the ones at the pinnacle of our society, as we rank it, the most popular, the most famous, the most successful, the ones with the most of what the world has to offer, are the most empty. Well, if they are, then what about the rest of the world's population on a quest for meaning and purpose of life without making recourse to the giver of life? <gasps> Do you realize how sad, how serious it is? Of course, that's our mission, isn't it? To prove in our lives the existence of a God who so loved that he sent his only begotten son into our reality so that no one needs struggle eternally with emptiness, meaninglessness, and futility. Oh no, that person could have life abundant and eternal and free. Oh man, you see how serious? I don't know about you, I don't appreciate good news unless oh, I'm reminded of bad news. Bad news is life under the sun. Good news is being raised to walk in newness of life just like we saw this young boy publicly declare through the waters of baptism. Good news, raised to walk in newness of life. <clears throat> you know how important it is for us to value our Christianity? Do you know an increasing number so-called Christians are being compromised in their faith? Dropping out of churches? Ceasing to contribute to them? Ceasing to serve in them? Ceasing to value them? God called us out of the world to be his kids and his family, and we devalue it? For what? Life under the sun? Do you think these hotshots whose names I mentioned to you tonight, who so many of us revere and want to be like, have any answers? A one-minute passionate embrace with someone of the same gender in front of television cameras for the cause of charity? That's not someone to emulate. That's someone to desperately cry out to God for. Oh, God, save that person. 
from that person's enslavement to sin and self and Satan just like you saved me. Someone accused me of making life to sound so dismal. No way. I stand before you as living proof of what abundant life is like. I experience it. Happiness? No, not so much. Joy? Yeah, inexpressible. Inexpressible. No matter what happens, I know who I belong to. And he happens to be the biggest and the bestest. <laughs> he happens to be above it all. He happens to be our Father who art in heaven. Look, I don't want to discourage you or anything like that, but you're missing the point if you leave discouraged. If you have Christ, this is where you used to be. Don't you get it? And this is where your neighbors still are. That's why we want to be living proof. Are you at odds with God? It doesn't make sense when he provided the means by which you could be at peace with God. Man, I'd love to hang out with you uh, later on tonight, as long as you want to. Let's talk about it. If you feel like you're at odds with God, let's set up a time tonight during the week when we could talk about how to have peace with God. Lord Jesus, how could we even so boldly converse with you if we, well, if you didn't make a way whereby we could be at peace with you. Thank you for resurrection power. We've been raised from life under the sun. We taste eternity right now because that consists of knowing thee. To know you is eternal life. We're lifted from the mundane. We're not trapped in life. We love to walk through it with you and through this part of life right on into eternal life. We owe you a lot, don't we? And all you ask is that we would have deep and uncompromising commitment to the relationship wherein you saved us and rescued us from the throes of life under the sun. Oh God, these people we mentioned and countless others known only by you are experiencing the same desperation so many of us did. Thank you for the responsibility and privilege given to extend the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, and the peace between God and man which can come through accepting Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for calling us out from under the world and into communion with you and with one another. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.